0: No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, well, we thank you for allowing us in your presence this evening. Tonight, at Lord, I'd like to speak about Genesis 1, to 1-5, and the clarification of what it means to be washed by the water of the Word. I'm just going to touch on the basics of this instead of all of it, because you could go a long time in explaining this. But Ephesians 5.25-27 to 27 tells us that we must be washed in the water of the Word so that we're purified, refined, and ready for you, being spotless, meaning totally clean. And you tell us in John 15.3 that it's your words that wash us clean. You tell us in Psalms 119.130 that the entrance of your words gives light. And you tell us in Genesis 1 <clears throat> the very important fact In verse 2, it says the earth was without form and void, and the darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then in verse 3, you said, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. This is important because you tell us that entrance of your words gives light, and so that's what you were doing here. But take notice that you are also saying that hovering, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters The face of the waters In Revelation seventeen fifteen we are told this. He said, Then he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations and tongues. I've explained many times in discussing the creation that all of our substance was made on day one of the creation. Because you said that in the beginning was the heavens and the earth, and we are considered to be of the earth. So we are part of that. All of the particles that would ever make us up were placed into the earth on day one. Which is what David explains in uh, Psalms 139 when he says that our substance was uh, placed into the earth. You layered us into the earth, which means that our substance existed before we were layered into the earth. You layered our substance, you knew our substance, you created it, you separated it on day one. So on day three, when you put us into the earth, our substance had already existed. Now it's being layered into the earth to come forth in its appointed times throughout all our lifetime. Not only just to form us in the womb, but to continue us through the food and everything else we eat. You mar- marvelously not only weave us together in the womb, you also weave us together together. Uh, later on in life as we because you said you'd count every hair not one is missing meaning they're all accounted for even the ones that fall off so you knew us from the beginning you knew us from the very beginning of day one which means that there is no right of abortion that is a absolute fallacy and it is murder and therefore they will be judged as murder at the time of the the separation judgment when the lord comes for the separation judgment which should be this year so we are in great trouble over that But we're ignoring it. We don't want to believe any of this. And I'm not going to get on abortion issues tonight. But I'm trying to tell you that this is important about that. Now, what I want to get to is what is the way of the water? What is the way of the word water? Because you speak the creation and you created it by your words. And one of those words is water. The waters were there. The face was there. What is the face? The face is important. If you think about it, when we die, our face is silent. Other words, the flesh will deteriorate. The the skull bone will be there because the bones will remember uh, the word that's in us, and the anointing and so forth are there, and the marrow of the bone and so on. But it stays in that bone. The interesting thing was when they threw the people down on the grave, uh, onto the body of Elijah, and, uh, Elisha. The, the guy got a, the guy lived and got up <laughs> and walked away. So it shows you the powers in, in the in the body still, but. It has to be true because what the words were spoken over us from the beginning and you knew us from the beginning and you were testifying in the body of Elisha that you knew him from the beginning from the very beginning and his power was not taken from him the double anointing carried with him. So he had that right to heal the one that bones it testified to the anointing that you'd given him the double anointing. Now. <clears throat> Getting back to this, in Revelation 17:15, says, The waters, which you saw where the harlot sits, are the peoples, the multitudes, the nations, and tongues. In other words, the Walter's, in the beginning, you not only created us, you created the nations, you created all these things that will be. You knew them all from the beginning because you knew our sins, that we would sin and you would do these things. And you continuously, though, try to save us. And we continuously fail to recognize the way to save the people we've continually fail to recognize the importance even in this day of judgment when we are required to harvest all the people on the earth we are that's that's our job because we are to be like you at this time you said it's our job to save all those on the earth it's like i'm going to speak on the blessing of abraham we listen to it carefully we'd understand that instruction was given through abraham and it hasn't stopped so We go back to this. The harlot said to the peoples, the tongues, and nations, and multitudes of the waters. And I've told you that this means that all the substance of all these things was in day one. And you said, let there be light. But you also said, you said the face of the waters, which means the face of all these things. The nations and all that. You spoke to all of them. You're calling them all. You gave even the nations the calling to turn to you. Even Russia, even China, even India, and all these nations are all called to you. You gave the words into all these things from the beginning of creation and we are all called in this day to turn to you because you now rule over the heavens and the earth and you've taken dominion away from every king. I don't care whether you're the Sultan of Brunei or you're the Queen of England or you're the Queen of Holland or Sweden or any of these places or the Premier of China or the, you know, the old dynasty families of China. Any of those, and the kings of Saudi Arabian dynasty families in the Middle East and so on, and of Poland and all these places, Russia and so forth, you've taken away their right of authority and their right of holding dominion. If they're expecting to have dominion over the peoples that they rule over, they must repent and come to you and you'll reassign them. because at this time they must give their crowns to you. This was exampled in the day of judgment by the twenty-four elders. These men had deserved and earned their crowns. And what did they do with them? They laid them before you. And they're always willing to say, Lord, if I'm not worthy, appoint another. And at this day, all the kings and all the princesses and all of the leaders and presidents and congressmen and senators have all lost their jobs. They believe they're still holding power, and that's what this person, Revelation 17:15, is saying. They're only holding their pay- power by the sin, the willful sin of all the people on earth, because they should have known your appointed times, Job 24, 1. And they should have known they must come out from following them, or they're going to receive of the sins of these leaders and receive the plagues that you're going to send upon them, Revelation 18, 1 to 4. And they're not doing that. The leaders are even buying weapons systems, missile systems to defend Israel. They're still going with, we have the right to kill one another. We have a right to punish one another. No, you don't. Vengeance belongs to God, Hebrews ten thirty one. Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, at the end of the chapter, he tells us, at this time, we don't have any rights like that because the new covenant is in place. He says, you've heard it said to do all these things. I'm telling you, love your enemy, all these kind of things so we shouldn't be going to war with anybody we shouldn't be doing these things like supplying weapon systems to the middle east and to israel and and so on and we we should see that all the leaders of the world are conspiring are not just conspiring they're totally united as the lord says in zachariah fourteen one to 2 and come against all the people to do the works of the crown trust that runs the world and in matthew 24 21 to 22, and Mark 13, uh, 19 to 20, it tells you what their desire and their work and their goal is and what their plan is to eliminate all flesh. Nearly all flesh. They want to kill, uh, leave maybe 6 million to 30 million alive, but they want to kill everybody by turning all the people against each other because, see, they're divine. They have their own religion that they set aside. They consider themselves divine, and we are not. Because we didn't go back and obtain our birth certificate properly. So we are all considered as dead estates, and therefore we're not willing to seek out truth. And that's how they rule the world, by the way. They're... Satan has set them up with a system that says we all sin because we refuse to seek the knowledge of truth and because we refuse to seek the knowledge of truth, therefore Satan has the right to lead us astray and to do any kind of damage to us that he desires. Because we willfully allowed all these things, including the, the allowing of the obelisk to be set up in the various cities and and the Statue of Liberty and all these things, which are all tributes to pagan goddesses, which are, they shall not have any idols set before me. They will make no engraven images and love their neighbors. They're not to kill one another. They're not to do any of these things. God says he's coming to to, to test them on this. And he's testing us, and he's found we've failed. we We have a pagan currency in our wallets that we use every day. We are to unite, not go protest, not go to Washington and seek them. They're not in power anymore. Why are shepherds going and negotiating with Washington or Tel Aviv or any of these places? Jerusalem and the rest of it, the Vatican and the rest of it, they have no authority and no power. The only one with authority and power is the Lord Jesus Christ. He tells us to gather into a sacred assembly and seek him and plead to him to save the people. Joel 2, 12 to 20. If we will not do that, he says the bridegroom will not come to us. You will not be raptured. He will send the bridegroom instead to punish you because he's coming to do both things at the same time. Matthew 25, 31 to 34. So we must understand that. Now, going back to the waters what I'm telling you about the face is the face is when you look at the face Jesus said all those who look upon his face will die. Because he came in his glory. His glory is the glory of God because he is the carrier of the glory of God. The glory of God at the end times does what? The glory of God fills the earth after the millennium the glory of God fills the earth and no darkness is present. It cannot exist in that. It's all cast out. So therefore, if we look at him in the fullness of his glory as he came before uh, Moses, we would die. He could only look at the back of him. other words, if we're looking at the back of him because he's looking at the future, God is in the front of us. And he's, his word is caring for us to guide us to that time when the glory will be made known completely. Now, what is the glory? What is the face? The face you look at your eyes, you see the word. You're supposed to look towards God and see the word. He's hovering over the face of all these things because He, you know, the the, uh, the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of these things. The Spirit of God says, "Let there be uh, let there be light," and there was light. But did He say that light is in all these? He looked at the word in all of them. The substance had our words in them, so it, it had it in it from the beginning. Isaiah 51:16 tells us that he he had his words put in our mouth before he planted the heavens, which means that he did it before day four, and that's because he layered us into the earth on day three, but we were substance was in the waters on day one, the face of the waters the mouth he put the words in our mouth the substance of us, the face the eye see when and the soul sees. The mind thinks all that dies when we die. And the the soul goes into paradise or it goes into the prisons of God. But that's the face of the waters. We must choose which way we go at this time. And what the Lord is telling us at this time, we must be washed by the water of the word. We must go back and recognize that he's the creator from the beginning to the end. He's telling us to do the water baptism. You know, they, Jesus asked him, "Do you know where John the Baptist got the water baptism?" They couldn't answer him. He says, "Neither will I tell you, because he was not given the authority to speak the words to those who are of the world." Second Corinthians twelve one to four tells you that. John fourteen, fifteen to seventeen tells us that the spirit of truth cannot enter those of the world. And he told them in John eight, forty three to forty seven, You cannot discern my words because you or my speech because you will not discern my words. You're not asking to receive the words. If you ask, you shall receive. The Spirit of God is always hovering over the face of the waters. Jesus tells us in Proverbs one twenty three that we will hear his words, turn to him. He says he will pour out his spirit and cause us to know his words. And he says, to those whom the word comes in John 10, 34 to 37, they become a little God. That's a son of God. In other words, you have the inheritance of eternal life, John five twenty four. If you will hear the voice of the Lord, the words of the voice of the Lord, and you believe in the promises of the Father, you shall have eternal life, and you will pass through these judgments. Because he will not give his words to those who are of the world. It means you've decided that you want to come out to the kingdom of God. The Lord tells us in Revelation fifteen seventeen. Or, excuse me revelation twelve fifteen to seventeen that those who come out to the uh, to the witness in other words, to the to the wisdom to the lady the wisdom she's the, described as a woman in the bible in proverbs eight and nine and so on and proverbs one that's the wisdom of god the words of wisdom spirit of wisdom, and what he's saying in this it's it's the The helpmate of God—it's this spirit of God that helps us to come to understanding the spirit of truth. She prepares the way for us, just like a woman was given the work to do in the house, and in the lives of the of the family. Now, what is happening is that the spirit will do what—the spirit of God will—in Revelation 12, 15, 17. If we will come out of the city, other words, out, quit. Quit creating. It says in Revelation seventeen fifteen, the city of Babylon does what? She lives because we allow her to rule. We're allowing her to rule when her time has been taken away, as it says in Revelation eighteen one to four, Isaiah twenty one one to twelve, and in Daniel seven nine to fourteen. Her authority's been removed. They have no authority to rule over us at this time. If We will gather together and seek the Lord. Not protest, not go out. Just seek the Lord and he will answer. Because he tells you he will answer in Joel 2, 12-20. We're in the day of the harvest time, the summer time, when we're supposed to harvest the people. God will answer. He will set them apart and he will protect them and keep them and enable them to pass through these judgments. Spirit hovers over the face of the waters. It does not... He says, let there be, the Spirit talks, let there be. In Matthew 10, 40, uh, 40 42, and it tells you this again in Mark 9, 38 to 41, it says, if you offer a cup of cold water to another person in the name of a disciple, you know, a disciple, what is a disciple? Don't, Don't get a disciple because you think you're a disciple. Listen to what the description of a disciple is and then you can tell whether or not you're a disciple. He said, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, other words, they heard his words and understood. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What did he say in Proverbs one twenty three? He said he'll pour out his, words, uh, his spirit on us and cause us to know his words. John 17.17 17 tells us that his words is what? He says that they, we are to be sanctified, set apart as holy by his truth, God's truth. And he says God's truth is his words, which is what Jesus was sent into the world to bear witness to. And uh, Deuteronomy 18, 18 to 19. And in Deuteronomy 18, 19, God says that if we will not hear him, he will hold us into account. And we're in the day of judgment, and, he, and we're about to face the separation judgment. People are going to be shocked when they're cast out and allowed to have all the plagues come upon them and the evil of this world to come upon them. Because they must come out and gather the food in the summertime and the harvest because in the fall, they won't have any food to eat. It will not be there for them. They'll run out. Because the word is going to be taken from them. Read the, the Great Supper. Luke Luke fourteen fifteen to 24. And verse 24 tells you that if you've been offered the chance to receive the words and would not do it, he says you're not going to eat of his food. The food of the kingdom is the word of God. It made all food. It is all food. Everything is of the word's. As he said, the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. All the things on the earth were taken from the waters. So everything has the word in it. That's why he can tell us that when he says to us that, you know, that when he speaks to things, it will be answered because the word has given it the particles what to do. And if it's to do something according to the word of God, that like to glorify God, it will do it. Now, I've described a little bit about the face. The face is that living part. That's our authority. That's the work given to us. God speaks to us over our face. And our face, even the print of our face, that's how they can identify people in these days. They take eye scans. And tell if you are lie and the rest of it. But it tells that you're alive, and this is the work you're seeing and speaking and doing. He said his words are to be like frontlets to our eyes. Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 21. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. And we are to be holy because he is holy. We cannot be holy unless we receive what is holy in us. And he says in John three thirty four that his words only come with the full measure of the spirit of God in them. And his spirit is holy. God is holy. So what we're saying is when the words enter us, it makes us holy because it tries to start cleansing us. Now, the thing about the water that's important is Jesus said, let there be light. But the waters must make a choice. But what it does say is the spirit of truth will be hovering over these people. So when you give somebody a cup of cold water, you're enabling the first spirit of God to work. This is the way of the first spirit of God. The first day of creation was the way of the first spirit of God. And you're saying, when you give them that cup of water, you're asking for God to let them have a desire to seek the knowledge of your words. Just like it was in the waters where your spirit was hovering above their face so that they begin to see the way of you. In other words, you begin to speak to them. You begin to to show them the ways. And if they are paying attention, if they desire to enter the kingdom, they will begin to get that. If they do not, they'll stay in the darkness but you're giving them that opportunity through that cup of water to do that you're giving them that opportunity to do that and you're giving them the opportunity that their face their spirit their that's their everything they see and do is going to be you know like the spirit's going to work on them it's going to show them that this is evil like abortions are wrong homosexuality is wrong all these things are wrong wrong they're going to see that but they're going to also see what is good And even if you do not, as it says in Mark um, 38 to 41, it says, Now John answered him, saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us, casting out demons in your name. And we forbade him, we forbade him, because he does not follow us. But Jesus said, Do not forbid him, for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is on our side. For whoever gives you a cup of cold, a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ. Now, see, because he belongs to Christ, not because that other person belonged to Christ, because they don't have the words. They have not gotten that inheritance yet. When you get the words of God, you become like a little God. You become inheritance. You've received inheritance of God, which is the right to speak his words that create all things, that do all things. And you begin to understand the will of God because you're not greater than your father and you're not greater than the king lord jesus but you're able to do the good works of the kingdom to the glory of your father and to the glory of christ but you belong he said you'll have everlasting life john 5:24 if you will hear the words of his voice and believe in the promises of the father but if you don't hear the words of his voice you don't love him john 14:23 to 24 read matthew 7:21 to 23 he said many prophets You prophesy in my name and many healers who may heal in my name and many uh, people who cast out demons in my name are going to be cast out. Told, walk out from me because you're lawless. Depart from me, I never knew you. See, he didn't belong to Christ. These people didn't belong to Christ even though they're doing the works just like these people in Matthew and Mark 9. There are many people that do these kind of things in Mark 9. Many people give a a child a cup of cold water and, and know it's good to do this. And yes, it's it's being the way of the Lord. But they must begin to do good. Now, if they're giving that cup of water to somebody who has the words, then that reward is going to come back on them. Because they're giving it to the kingdom of God and that glory of that is going to come back and touch them. They're going to realize they helped somebody. It may not be that day, but they're going to realize they helped somebody that's working to bring forth the kingdom. That's why the Lord says... In Matthew 24, 25, when he starts speaking of all the things that the people after verse 34 to the end of the chapter, he says, well, when did we help you? When did we uh, see you? When did we do this? And he's saying, because you did these things to others. See, when they do these things for others, if those people had the words and they're trying to build, bring forth the kingdom, it's going to bless these people and God's going to call them forward at the appointed time. And he's going to set them apart to receive the words. They don't have the words, but he's going to set them apart to receive the words and then they'll understand. So you've done a good work. But if you've done it thinking that you're a prophet, that you're a healer, or you're a a saint or minister for God, and you've not led the people in the knowledge of the words because you wouldn't seek it out, what have you really done? What you've really done is become a stumbling block to the truth. You're going to make a stumbling block to the Lord. When you hear about the words, you should be seeking God to understand the words and and try to grow in them. And you should be hungry to go and learn all you can learn about these words instead of keeping on with your ministry because you understand what God is saying that these people, that's like Zechariah 10.3, he says he's angry at all the shepherds and all the people are in the goat herds because they do not know to come out from the world. They don't know how to come out from the world. They don't know what they're looking for to come out from the world. They don't understand the times. They don't understand that this is when the Lord is reigning because they can't understand the scriptures. Luke 24, 44, and 45 explains that not even the disciples, when they walked with them, understood the words. But after the cross, when he came back, he blew the spirit upon them and then... They were able to receive the knowledge of the words. He said, these are the words I spoke to you while I was with you. And then he was able to cause them to begin to understand the scriptures. It's the words that created all things. It's the words that can make known all things. It's the words that is the truth. It is the words that is the knowledge of truth. It's the knowledge of the words. Because the words enable the good works that are truth, that make truth, that do all things. This is the way that we must understand these things, the tumbling over the face. In other words, God put it into our substance when, you know, our face wasn't formed yet. But the substance and every particle was there. So every part of your face that makes up the imprint and the the identity of you, God knew it at that time. And the words were given to you at that time. And then he gave you your work on day six and gave you your time to come forth. And your family and so forth, because he gave them dominion. Dominion means you came forth in a appointed time to appointed family and appointed work to do in the time that you're given on earth to do these works. I hope this is helpful and I pray that it'll be useful for you to understand the way of his words and the way of the water. When you give somebody a cup, a cup of cold water, and if you have the knowledge of the words, what you're doing, you'll not lose your reward. Because what you're doing is enabling that spirit to pull on these people, to draw them to come back to the knowledge of the words. Jesus told them, you know, he gave them that, the bread of instruction and they ch- chased him across the lake that day. The bread is the instruction. But see, it's the water the words are being poured out that he was pouring out with his mouth on them. Even when you speak the words and knowledge and you're preaching it and teaching it, that is like you're giving a cup of water. Because what you're doing is hovering over them. The words of God will hover over them and it'll pull on them. And God has given this a generation the authority to receive the words because the Father opened the words back in 2003 and has been calling us to receive them. And for 14 years we rejected it. But now we're in the time of the morning, the first year of the morning. 15, we're in the year of the 15th year. We're in that year. Because it started in the spring of 2003 and now we're in the 15th year. 15 is the number of grace and only by grace, by God, can you receive it now because you've trampled upon the blood. Because the blood paid the price to do what? To tear that temple veil, to allow us to come into the Father and receive the knowledge of the words. He came back and gave that knowledge to the disciples. And he was able to help them and they became strong. Up until that time, they'd cowered in that room. But after that, they boldly went into the temple, knowing that God is going to protect them till they did the knowledge of their work. Knowledge of their work. One little last note. You remember in the scriptures in Luke, when the Lord is talking about the donkey, when he's coming into the city and he sent the donkey, the disciples to go get the donkey, he told them to tell the guy that if anybody asks them questions when they see the donkey, go get it. And if anybody asks any questions to tell him the Lord has need of it and he'll immediately leave it and let you go, let you take it. Why is that? The Lord is telling us at this time that as we come up to the work that we're required to do, when he is coming into the city as he's coming now, he's about to appear and what he's saying is get ready. And he's saying that he's going to cause these people to give you favor to do the work that God has given to do at this time. There won't be any lack. There won't be any excess. It'll be what is needed to do the work of the king. A donkey represents the humble way to come in. It wasn't a camel. It wasn't a chariot. He came on the back of a colt of a donkey with a mother beside it. As you read in Luke, he put the blankets on both animals. So we see that what the Lord is telling us in these times is that he will provide everything we need. There's been many visions of this in many provinces. People think they're going to just be prosperous beyond belief. Well, God may do this to test people because that's what he did with the people of Egypt. And they continually, when they came out of Egypt, they continually wanted to go back because they had that currency in their pocket, the coins of the world and the gold and stuff. And they figured that they could live royally back there now. They're no slaves anymore. They overcome those people and those people are afraid of them. Don't fall into that trap because we have a limited time to get the words, to get refined in the knowledge of the of the Lord, the knowledge of the works of the words, and to bring forth the temple and to bring forth the kingdom to glorify God all over the earth in a very short window of time. And if we focus on building things for ourselves and having dominion and having all these things without the unified work, because he said that we go forth in one shoulder, one work, it's not, you know, the vengeance part of it, nothing. It's to glorify God on the face of the whole earth, as he says in Habakkuk 2.14 and Isaiah eleven nineteen eleven and 9. Our job is to do what? He said, our job is to, to cause the knowledge of the glory of the Lord to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The sea is the evil ones, and the waters is the good ones. See, when God told uh, um, David the, the psalm where, if if you know have the children, they will speak in the gates of your enemy. Why is that? You're preparing the way of the future. You're blessing them. You're teaching them the words. That is our work to bring forth that. And the words of God always override all the words of the evil one. If you read Revelation 17, or excuse me, 12, 15 to 17, those that have the words that have, went out to the wilderness, that they, they are with the words, they, the devil, leaves them. He cannot harm them because God's words are higher than his and have more authority, and he cannot overcome them. But then he goes after those that just have the Ten Commandments and the testimony that Jesus died on the cross to remove their sins. But they don't know how, and they don't know the inheritance of the kingdom, which is the words of God that create all things and overcome all things. Get the words. God's been telling the people to get the knowledge of the words of truth. He said, sanctify the people. You can't sanctify the people unless you teach them the knowledge of the words. So there's churches everywhere thinking they have sanctified people. And yet they do not know the knowledge of the words of God. They don't know the knowledge of truth. They don't have truth. Read John 17, 17. They don't have truth. Read the name of Jesus that no one knows, Revelation 19, 11, 13. It's the word of God. They haven't learned the words. It's the same problem today as it was in John 8, 43 to 47. They hear him speaking but they do not discern his words. And if you don't have the words, as the Lord warns in John 8, 47, God will not know you. At the time of judgment, God will not know you. He tells you, if you don't hear my words and keep my words in John 14, 23, 24, you don't love him. You love yourself. You love your doctrine. You love a pastor. You might love somebody else, but you don't love God. You're not listening to God. It's much like the people of Egypt, the people of Israel when they came out of Egypt. They, were, they, were, they would love anything that would lead them to where they wanted to go. That's why they made the idol. They even set Moses up as the man. You know, they, they, they were wanting any kind of leadership that'd go where they want to go, Korah and the rest of them. They didn't want to follow the Lord, who was right there with them all the time in, in, in the presence. And the Lord tells us he's going to be with us at this time in the same way. He's going to be ruling from heaven. We have to walk in faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we're not hearing that word of God. We don't want to believe in it. So we're no different than the people of Egypt. And that's the danger that the Lord warns us of in Revelation 18, one to 4 We're going to be set apart with those of the world and receive of their plagues because we will not believe and we will not obey and we will not realize that the inheritance of the kingdom has been given to us right now if we will receive it. His truth, his words, knowledge of truth, overcomes the world. Give a cup of cold water to yourself and ask the Lord, Make your words known to me. Lord, we praise you. We ask you, Lord, to help all of us to come, dear Lord, to you. And Lord, then, as we repent before you, Lord, give us the authority to help others, dear Lord, with a cold cup of water in the name of disciple, which means in the work. A name is always the work of the kingdom that we're given to do. Let us be a disciple knowing the knowledge of truth. And let us be of you, Lord. Let us be set apart as your sons because the word came to us.